Could you turn your Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10? <coughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 10. <coughs> this is my third foray into this chapter. And today <coughs> we're going to uh, get through verses 12 to 18. <coughs> so I'd like to read from verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, though we reach not unto you, for we are come as far unto you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labours, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. <coughs> Let's ask the Lord to bless his word. Father, we thank you for the ministry um, thus far. We've been able to be blessed by in song, uh, Lord, by singing of the hymns and, and prayer. And now as we open the word, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit might Take the word and uh, apply it to our hearts, whatever our need might be. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In my last few messages in chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, we've seen how Paul had to defend his ministry against false teachers who had come into the Corinthian church. <clears throat> this is really the theme of the rest of the epistle. And it seems in order to, provide, to, to promote their own ministry, uh, these false teachers felt they needed to criticise Paul's ministry to pull themselves up. They needed to push Paul down. In verse 1, we saw what I called the call. Verse 1, Paul said, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. Paul besought the church by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Now he did this, to show that his earthly appearance was similar to that of Jesus himself and that they shouldn't confuse meekness with weakness. Having given this call, Paul then went on in verses 2 to 11 to address two of the criticisms that were being made against him. The first criticism was that Paul's ministry was a carnal ministry and he answered that very forcefully. The second criticism was a terrible attack on Paul's bodily presence and his speech. And he answered that. And having answered these two criticisms, Paul then went on in the remainder of the chapter to deal with what I've called the comparisons. So we've got the call, we've got the criticisms, and now the comparisons. But before we work through these verses, uh, I want us to notice what I've called, firstly, what I've called Paul's boasting. Now, of course, we tell our children it's not good to boast, <laughs> but there is a, a holy form of boasting, as we'll see 
Let me show you. One of the themes of this chapter, and indeed the rest of the epistle, is that of boasting. Now, the Greek word uh, that appears is, is translated, translated to boast or to glory. It's the sa- exactly the same Greek word. And this word appears 18 times in chapters 10 to 12. So it's one of Paul's themes for the rest of the epistle. Because of the erroneous claims of the false teachers, Paul had been forced into a kind of boasting or glorying about the ministry that God had given him. Just flip over to chapter 12, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 11. Paul said, I am become a fool in glorying. That's the same Greek word as boasting. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For nothing I am behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. A true servant of the Lord is humble and never likes to blow his own trumpet. I'm a bit concerned when, people, when I, I meet people who always want to tell me how good they are at something. But a true servant of the Lord is humble and never likes to blow his own trumpet. But sometimes God's servants come under attack and they need to present the truth, even if it sounds like boasting. It's important, and obviously Paul saw that for the church at Corinth. Paul was forced into boasting, and this is one of the themes in the last part of chapter 10. And uh, I just wanted to show you how it appears in a number of the verses in chapter 10. But as we go through the verses, uh, just in summary, uh, it gives us an insight into the conduct of the false teachers, the false things they were saying about themselves and about Paul. Let's go back to chapter 10 and verse 8, the first mention of boasting in chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10, 8, For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for destruction, I should not be ashamed. Paul had been forced to boast about his apostolic authority and he's going to spend a bit of time on that in the later chapters. And this was because the new teachers were calling themselves apostles. Uh, We'll learn about these men in chapter 11, so I don't want to go into it much more. But in that chapter, in chapter 11, Paul will call these these, uh, false teachers, among other things he calls them, he'll call them false apostles. They were claiming to be apostles. And so Paul had been forced to boast about his apostolic authority in order to silence the enemies of the gospel. Have a look in verse 13. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. If Paul did have to boast, if he had to boast, and he only boasted about his ministry, if he did have to boast about his ministry, he never boasted outside the limits of his God-given commission. Again, he wrote this particular verse to show up the false apostles who were trespassing what we might call his ministerial territory and they were stealing his sheep. Paul would never do that, but that's what they were doing. In verse 15, he says, Not boasting of things without measure, that is of other men's labours, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. If Paul had to boast, he would never boast in other men's labours. 
Now, he wrote this because the false apostles who had moved into the Corinthian church were taking credit for his ministry. Perhaps sending word back to the home church, oh, look at the wonderful work we've done, but it wasn't their work, it was Paul's work. Paul would never do that. If he had to boast, he would never boast of another man's labours. And then in verse 17, but he that glorieth, same Greek word, he that boasteth, let him boast in the Lord. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. As far as boasting or glorying is concerned, you know, there's only one acceptable form of boasting and that's to boast in the Lord. These false apostles were boasting in themselves and not in the Lord. And so by following Paul's mention of boasting here, we can see it's one of his themes. We can get a sense of the action of the troublemakers who were infiltrating the Corinthian church. And it's these false apostles that Paul had on his sights when he wrote what he did in verse 18. Now that was all by way of introduction. I've given you a few short messages lately. I've got a few credits, uh, so it'll be a bit longer today. I've told the guys up the back, could go a bit longer. But I'd like to get through these verses. So that was introduction, my first point. I want us to see firstly the unwise measure, the unwise measure. In verse 12 we read this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now this is a good verse for you who are counsellors to remember because this is what people do, don't they? They compare themselves by themselves and they come up with the wrong idea. Now, I don't want to upset any Americans here, uh, Lydia, don't, don't listen. Um, but there's something I've noticed about their sporting competitions. It could be American football or baseball or the, the basketball competition. Uh, one team uh, wins one section of the US competition uh, uh, and, and they play the team that won the other section of the US competition and they play against each other to become world champions. Have you noticed that about American sporting competitions? They become world champions, but there's only American teams playing. <laughs> now, I'll let you in on a little family secret. We have a similar thing happen in our family. We only get together, sadly, maybe once a year, but when we do, we pair off and play the card game 500. Don't tell my mum. <laughs> now, at the end of the holiday... The team that has won the last time are declared the champions of the world. Now this title has for many years uh, been held by two of my daughters and Alison is one of them. Uh, but, uh, but one of my son-in-laws and I now hold the crown after a, a recent holiday. World champions. Now of course it's ridiculous to claim world championship status when only one nation or one family is playing. Well, this was the kind of thing that was happening amongst the false teachers in Corinth. It seems there was a number, and he mentions here, that I won't be, Paul says, I won't be of the number. There was a number of these, these false teachers and they were comparing themselves by themselves and on the basis of their comparisons, they commended each other. They were using each other as the measure of the of their worth or value and therefore the authority that they should have in the church. They were measure, their measure was each other. 
And it seems that they all thought themselves to be pretty good. Maybe they thought they were world champions in gospel ministry. And compared to them, they thought Paul was base. He was common. He wasn't up to their standard and he wasn't to be listened to. Have a look in verse 10. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. They were comparing themselves with each other and coming up with a pretty good impression of themselves and they looked down their noses at Paul. Paul said... In this verse 12, he must have been aware of that and he said that this comparing each other with each other is not wise. In doing this, Paul said they are not wise. This literally means they are without understanding. That word wise there is translated understanding right through the scriptures. They they didn't have a full understanding of the truth. And Paul wanted the Corinthians to know that he and his fellow workers wouldn't dare fall into the same unwise measuring themselves by themselves for we dare not make ourselves like that number who compare themselves by themselves. He wanted the Corinthians to know that he wouldn't do that. And friends, the truth is it isn't wise, uh, it isn't a wise thing for any of us to do, whoever we are. It's not far wise for us to compare ourselves with others or let others be our measure in life. We are unwise to let other people be our standard for measuring ourselves because, you see, if we do this, it could lead to two possible extremes. You know, I could look in the mirror and think, I'm not as good-looking as my friend. I'm not as smart or as strong or as talented as other people. And I can end up discouraged uh, and feeling sorry for myself and, and have a cloud over me all the time. And people are like that. Some people are like that. They seem to have a cloud over them, a cloud of discouragement over them all the time because of this very thing. I can go to Condor Park Bible Church and hear Pastor Matthews give a wonderful message. One of my favourite preachers. And you know, I could come home thinking, well, I, I don't want to preach anymore. Because compared to him, I'm pretty hopeless. (laughs) So maybe I should just go back to being a social worker. But then, if I did that, I would eventually go to a conference (laughs) and hear a social worker who has written many books and helped lots and lots of people and is really clever and I'd go away thinking, well, I'm not a very good social worker either. (laughs) But I do need to work, so I wouldn't quit, but I'd always feel second rate compared to others. When our standard of measurement is other people, we may never feel worthwhile. We may never feel we match up because we'll always find someone who is better than us. It is unwise. It's not wise to do it. The other possibility, though, when our standard of measurement is ourselves or others, is what was happening at Corinth. Like then, we may end up thinking that we are better than we are. This can lead to some people being proud or or, or full of self-importance. We might call it the Diotrephy Syndrome. Remember him in 3 John? The Apostle John said of him, he said, I I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Diotrephes was full of self-importance and he even considered himself more important than the Apostle John. 
When our standard of measurement is other people, we can either end up discouraged or we can end up proud. It's unwise to do it, that's Bible. And Paul said he wouldn't dare do it. So what should be our standard to measure ourselves by? What should be our standard? Well, it should be at least the same as Paul's. One thing I admire about Paul was that he was willing to admit that in the flesh he didn't look like Hercules and he couldn't preach like Apollos, but it didn't bother him at all. It didn't bother him at all. And that's because he, he wasn't of the number who measured themselves by themselves. Paul had a better standard by which to measure his ministry and it was a standard given to him by God himself. He called it his rule. And so having seen the unwise measure, let's have a look at Paul's measure in verse 13. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. Now the Greek word for measure here is metron, from which we get our word meter. And it means the extent or limit of something. When we measure something, we show the extent or limit of it. The word rule here is the Greek word canon, K-A-N-O-N, from which we get our word canon, C-A-N-O-N. Now this isn't the boom boom type of canon, <laughs> but rather it's the standard by which we measure things. We measure some things using a rule. We call it a ruler. The rule is the standard and you know it can be in inches or it can be in millimetres. And we can measure, we can see the extent of something by using the rule. In theology we speak of the canon of the scriptures. The Bible is our canon, our rule by which we measure everything we do and everything we believe. But the rule that Paul mentions here isn't the canon of scripture but rather his God-given commission as an apostle of Jesus Christ. It's the commission he received on the road to Damascus. This was his mandate to go to the other side of the world and preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 9, verse 15, the Lord told Ananias of Damascus that he was to go to visit Saul of Tarsus and not to be worried about it. It was after Saul had had his vision on the road to Damascus. And this is what the Lord said about Saul, who would become Paul. The Lord said, He is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Paul's mandate was to preach the gospel to Jew and Gentile alike, and it was given to him by God himself. This wasn't self-appointment. This isn't what other people saying, oh, you've got it, you've got it. This was a God-given appointment. This was the rule that made him reach even to the Corinthians on the Greek peninsula. Verse 14, For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you, for we are come as far unto you also as preaching the gospel of Christ. Now I know that's a little bit confusing, the word there, the word there. But what Paul meant here was that when they came to preach in Corinth, they didn't stretch the limits that God had set. In fact, if you remember, while Paul was in Asia Minor, the Lord gave him a dream of a Macedonian calling him to come over here. And we call it the Macedonian call. Macedonia is on the top of Greece. Up until then, Paul hadn't preached in Greece. 
But now, clearly, Greece was included in his mandate. God wanted him to, to, to preach also in that part of the world. Perhaps Paul was being criticised for going too far geographically in his missionary journeys. But here in verse 14, he told the Corinthians that when he had come to them, he hadn't gone past the mandate God had given him. That mandate was his rule for where he could go and what he should do. And he would only measure his ministry by that standard or by that rule. And as far as he was concerned, he hadn't stretched himself beyond that rule when he'd gone to Corinth to preach the gospel. In fact, Paul went on to say that he was hoping to go further than Greece uh, to preach the gospel even to the regions beyond Greece. Have a look in verses 15 and 16. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labours, but having hope that when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. You know, Paul would never preach outside the mandate that God had given him. And that included not preaching in places where the gospel had already taken root. Paul was a new tribesman and would never boast in another man's labour. You know, there's a trap some missionaries can fall into when, when trying to impress their supporting churches back home. Even though they may have a small congregation themselves, they can, they can, they can call a conference and invite all the other churches to the conference and at the end of the conference, they take a photo of the whole group and they send that photo back to their supporters, giving the impression that this was the fruit of their own ministry. In a way, they are boasting in another man's line of things. The line of things that we mention here is mentioned here. It's basically the same word, canon. They're boasting in another person's canon, another person's mandate. And Paul said he would never do that. He would never boast in other man's line of things. In fact, Paul was hoping that when the Corinthians' faith increased, and I think that would mean getting rid of these false teachers, <laughs> when their faith had increased, he was hoping that he might be able to use them as a ministry base to enlarge his ministry to go the re to the regions beyond. We know at this time Paul had Rome, and he had Spain on his heart. And he was hoping, perhaps, that, that the Corinthians would help him get there. This was the rule that he measured his ministry by. And he wouldn't boast anything outside that rule. Paul's rule was the commission God had given him to preach the gospel as far as the regions beyond. And he would only measure the success of his ministry, he would only boast about his ministry, if you like, by that rule. Now he doesn't tell us here, but we know that he scored pretty well by any measure. Let's just uh, quickly go to Romans chapter 15, because Paul wrote this to the Roman church soon after he wrote 2 Corinthians. Romans chapter 15. So it's, it, it's, it speaks right to what he was telling the Corinthians. First Romans chapter 15, verse 15. 
Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. It's all, all of God, he says. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. That was, the, that was his, his uh, rule. That was his mandate. Ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So there, that's his rule. That's his mandate. He said, I, I've, I've ministered according to that mandate, that rule. Now, how, how had he gone? Well, how did he measure up? <laughs> well, here he goes. I have therefore where, whereof I may glory, I may boast through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Though many mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Paul said, I'll only boast in those things that were, you know, basically my mandate. And, uh, well, I'm not going to, you know, he's not going to tell us all the facts, but he's done pretty well. From Jerusalem to Illyricum, uh, the, the gospel had been preached. He scored pretty high by his own measure. You know, Paul's standard for measuring himself wasn't to compare himself with others. His standard was the commission God had given him. Had he fulfilled his mandate? Had he used the spiritual gifts that God had given him? Had he preached the gospel where, where, where God had called him to preach? That was his standard. And brethren, this is the rule or standard we should also measure ourselves by. Not how we compare with the world or how we compare with each other, but are we living the life that God has called us to live? That's the rule that we should measure ourselves by. For example, are we holy as he is holy? Or are we serving him, using the gifts and talents he's given us? That's the standard that we should be measuring ourselves by. We each need, need to know God's canon or rule for our life and measure ourselves by it. How have we gone? How are we going? Now, some aspects of our own rule will be the same as for all of us. There are some things that are in the scriptures that are for all of us. That's how we are to live and to serve. But, but other aspects for, are different for each of us, according to our gifts and our place in the body of Christ. What, what God want has, has for me to do as a pastor is different for, for what someone, God might have for someone to do as a teacher or, or someone to do as a deacon or someone to do as a, have a different ministry or a part in the body of Christ. But the point is we all need to know what that standard is that we can measure ourselves by it this is the rule we should all measure ourselves by but when it comes to boasting there is really only one proper, proper form of boasting isn't there and so let's go back to 2 Corinthians 10 and Paul tells us what that proper form of boasting is he'd been forced into boasting about what God had done because of the false teachers and he wanted to save the flock but really there's only one proper measure and boasting and we see that in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 17 but he that glorieth boasteth let him glory in the Lord for not he that commendeth himself is approved 
but whom the Lord commendeth. Instead of, instead of sitting in front of that mirror thinking, well, I'm not as tall as Pastor Crockett or I'm not as clever as Mr. Truesdale or I, I can't preach like Pastor Matthews. Instead of doing that, I should sit in front of that mirror and glorify the Lord. Now I do that by thinking like King David. Remember what he said? Psalm 139 verse 14, he said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works and that my soul knoweth well. Friends, does your soul know just how marvellous you are? You know, so often we miss the miracle of God when we look into that mirror. We're, we're comparing ourselves with others and we're putting ourselves in. Really, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We miss the miracle. We fail to see the wonder we are and glorify God for it. We have eyes that can see, that can judge colour and space. We have ears to hear so we can avoid danger and, and, and appreciate music. We have a nose to smell which also enables us to taste that lovely food. We have, most of us, legs that can walk and give us mobility. And I could go on, but the list would be too long to outline the wonder we are as God's creation. It's unwise. It lacks understanding. It's just plain silly to let our standard be the world or other people and miss the miracle of who we are and what we are. Let's glorify God for it. Let, let our soul know it to be true. Let's glorify God. Let's praise God that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and then let's glorify him for his saving work in our lives. Let's find his rule for our lives and let's, let's ask God to help us live by that rule. No matter what the world or what others say. You see, there's only one commendation that ultimately clowns and that's the one given by the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. When it comes to life in general, and ministry in particular, there is only one commendation that really matters. It's the one we all will hopefully receive at the judgment seat of Christ. It's to hear the Master say, Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. That's the only commendation that really matters in the end. And that's the commendation we should all be looking and working for. I trust that uh, you know, well, I trust that you're not falling into that unwise comp comparing, but seeing the wonder that you are and looking for the Lord to show you what he would have you do. That's where the blessing lies and so I think there might be a few applications for us today and thank you for your time let's pray shall we Father we thank you so much for the words of your scripture which uh, Lord point us in the right direction uh, Lord how easily we fall into comparing ourselves with others and really it, Lord is probably pride or self-pity or something that Lord is uh, not right and uh, Lord uh, just drives us to discouragement or to to Lord I come up with with uh, folded conclusions about ourselves I pray father that we won't fall into that unwise measuring but we would Lord uh, know uh, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that we would know what you're calling 
for our lives is, uh, what our gifts and our talents are, and how and where you want to use us. And I pray that we would, Lord, allow your spirit to measure us, uh, Lord, uh, by that. Father, I pray that in all that we do, that we would give glory to you. Thank you, Lord, for the time in your word, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.